Very good morning. I'm Howard Feldman. Uh, this is The Synthesis, a podcast. Joining us in studio this morning, Elmarie Grant. She's head of the Synthesis Academy. Elmarie, very good morning. And good morning to you, Howard. All right, so uh, just before we went on air, you actually said you're comfortable in studio. You used to be a newsreader. I was in my very checkered youth. Yes. <laughs> Studying at the University of Pretoria. Um, this is quite a long time ago. Uh, we still had a little studio for Radio Tux um, on campus. Yeah, and it was an old, neglected house. Yes. We still had LPs that you had to go and check out of the oh, library wow. to run on your show. Um, and then, yes, I, I got involved by reading the news. Okay, very, very nice. And so you had it, that was very serious. So there was nothing uh, frivolous around the news, obviously. No, no, we, we, we had to be incredibly um, yes. straight-laced, um, except for the 1st of April, when oh, we had a little bit oh. of leeway to report on all sorts of oh, weird and wonderful no, and, those, and those imaginary awesome. stories, which was really great. Uh, absolutely. So you head of... Uh, Synthesis Academy. Uh, what does that actually mean? What is the Synthesis Academy? So the Synthesis Academy has two main aims. One is to upskill our own employees, mm-hmm. um, to get them comfortable and confident in the technology that we use to roll out solutions to our customers, but also as a second objective to help our customers get comfortable with the technology. So it's not just around us going and implementing a solution. It's really about enabling our customers to be able to effectively support those solutions, but also to think then about how to continue to innovate using those solutions because they understand them well Mm, and they're really mm. competent in the use. So we really think around how do we get people competent in using the technology rather than just understanding the theoretical field around it. And very often there are challenges around that because we're not very good at that, I think, from a learning perspective in general. Learning has traditionally all been about you have to pass an exam or an assessment or a certification at some point. And so it's about learning as much as you possibly can, regurgitating it so that you can um, meet the exam criteria. But in practice, we know that actually getting your hands dirty, having the experience, knowing how to apply that knowledge, knowing how to take it across borders or across functions or fields, that's the really important competence-based stuff that we are now trying to to embed within everything that we do. And uh, it's all changed in the sense that you used to come out of university. And of course, there were certain fields where you would have, if you were a lawyer or an accountant, a doctor, you'd have to do certain amount of practical training. But beyond that, you kind of were done. Uh, today, everything has changed because we we require people, and you're not going to survive in any industry unless you're upskilling all the time, I would imagine. Absolutely. We know that if, if we just look at how fast the workplace is changing and technology is changing and mm. all the, mm. um, the demands on us, um, we, we absolutely have to keep up with that. And so saying that I'm going to specialize in one field, I'm just going to study the theory and I'm just going to stick around that particular area really doesn't serve you well. You might get some good mileage out of it now, but at some point you're going, to, exactly, mm. you're going to bump up against the project. Right. You actually have to cross-skill. You have to understand how your piece of the work fits in with a whole bunch of other areas mm. of expertise. And so understanding how, what those touch points are and how you can transcend just what you are doing Mm. and effectively work with others in getting a a bigger solution off the ground is really important. And so to your point around university, what I always find really interesting um, around what we've seen in the past is that typically universities were all about teaching us a whole bunch of additional skills that came with the technical skills. So if you think of something like engineering or law, in fact, 
underlying those two particular areas were very clear critical thinking skills and analytical skills without which you actually couldn't function properly Mm. within your chosen Mm. profession. And so those sorts of um, professions became known not just for the technical knowledge but for these underlying skill sets. And actually what we're seeing now is that as people don't subscribe to these technical areas anymore, we need to build some of those critical thinking um, and other um, non-technical skill sets into the learning that we provide in other ways and find other ways to help people extract that out of themselves. Mm. Because what's interesting is, as well is that we have this perception that if someone's a technical person, they're, you know, that's the side of brain that they use, they're technical, they're mathematical, they, they, they stay in, we, we, we put them into that box. But the reality is the expectation is that they can understand business, social interaction, whatever it is that they're getting involved with, if they don't have a broader knowledge and a broader training around other aspects, they actually can't perform how they're meant to perform in any event. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We we see that very often where we have people with great technical skill sets and then we promote them into mm-hmm. positions mm-hmm. where they have to be team leads or we promote them into account manager roles where they now have to interact with people at a completely different level and it requires a completely different skill set and we very often don't prepare them very well for that and then we can't understand why they don't succeed and so part of setting people up for success is to say in addition to all these amazing technical skills that you need what are the other critical skill sets that we need to help Mm, you mm. grow and those have always traditionally been in the leadership space so we've done a lot of work around leadership styles and management styles and those kinds of things and I think they're absolutely still valid but I think there's another piece between those two which is around all the cross-functional critical skills that we see coming out of all the workplace learning reports out of um, all the job reports that the um, that the international bodies are doing and those are things like collaboration um, like innovative thinking, like entrepreneurial thinking, communication, um, communication skills, mm, which are mm. still incredibly important. And so how do we, from a learning perspective, absolutely give people these technical skills that are moving really quickly yeah. in the world of work? But how do we also build on top of that and provide some of these other things um, in a meaningful way so people don't feel like they're walking in not knowing? Nobody wants to, to walk into a role thinking, I don't mm, know what I'm mm, doing. Mm. But how do we provide it in a way where they go, okay, there are, there's support for me here. There are tools I can use, some of which I already have and some of which I need to expand on so that I can be successful here. Mm-hmm. Are people resistant to to this type of training? Because sometimes we, I would imagine technical people have, never mind other people boxing them, they've, boxed, mm-hmm. they've actually almost boxed themselves. Now they get into a work environment thinking, great, I can spend all day coding, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, someone's now saying to me, uh-uh, we need a few extra skills. Is that scary? It's absolutely scary. Mm. Um, as human beings, any kind of change is scary. Any any kind of challenge is scary. And I think one of the key things around this is to try and distinguish between pain and discomfort because they're not okay. the same thing. And actually discomfort is the place where we go, I know that I don't know, but I have an opportunity to learn and to grow into the space. Pain is where you go, I don't know what I'm doing and there's no chance for me to actually get right, there. Right. So I'm stuck here. <laughs> And actually providing people with that space to say, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. 
but here's what you can do about that. No, and here's, there's something to be done. And here's what, what, what's possible. I think it's also about framing things in the right way so that it's not quite so scary. So when you say to um, a, a person who has boxed himself as, I'm only technical, I'm not good with people, I don't want to work with others, right. and you now say to them, well, actually, we want you to train others, for instance. Ah, that's a whole different conversation. Right, but right. if we frame it in a way to say, we don't want you to train 20 people and stand up and present something to 20 people because we know presentations are scary mm, and, mm. And, and groups are scary but can you take one junior and upskill them alongside you can we give you a protege that's a very different conversation mm, easy, but yeah. we're reaching the same goal right. and so really finding those those unique ways of tapping into people's strengths and then helping them blossom into other skills areas is a really big challenge for a learning professional mm. such as myself, but also I think in general for organizations who don't always have the dedicated resources to think about these things or to put the processes mm. or the structures mm. in place. Yeah, and I guess it's also partly creating an environment, a culture of learning, because uh, there are many environments that, that where this doesn't exist. And I think about you know, some of the older manufacturing environments, for example, where everything has been done, how it's always been done, and, uh, and change, which is about learning, is, is uh, not something that's encouraged um, or, or even tolerated. What you're referring to is creating a whole culture around upskilling, learning, furthering oneself. Mm. So one of the key elements of really getting people to learn is allowing them to try things and to not succeed. Mm. And so in building a culture like that, there are two things that are absolutely critical. One is that we have to allow failure. We have to allow people to try things and for it not to come out quite the way we thought or mm. for it to not work entirely. Mm. Um, but with that, and this is the other side of the coin, and so when people look at, at this idea of having a culture where failure is allowed, they often go, well, you know, we're just throwing good money after bad and we won't ever learn anything from it. And that's why the second area, which is accountability, becomes so important, which is to say, yes, we're going to give you the space to try this, but we want you to do it in a responsible and meaningful way. Right. And we want us to... We and want those are you, skills too. Exactly. Show us what mm. you've learned mm. out of this experience, where you may not have done everything perfectly or things may not have gone as planned, but what can we take away from it and build on that? And then you're creating a culture where people go, I'm not a failure. I just didn't quite manage to get this thing quite right, but I have an opportunity mm. to do so mm. moving forward. So Synthesis has created this whole culture and this whole mm. environment, uh, both learning internally and externally. Just to, to, to stretch our minds a little bit, how would this type of approach benefit the greater South African environment if this was a way that we were all looking at things? Mm. And do we have that culture in South Africa? Yeah, I think, I, I think we, we do in pockets. But I think if we look at something like the school structure, very mm. often, you know, I certainly know this from my experience <coughs> at, at school at university, I only studied to pass the test. Right. That was it. So I knew if I understood the lecturer well enough, I could probably mm. guess what I the, guess, what the question was, was going to be <laughs> and how I needed to answer same. that, right? Exactly, yes. The problem with that is that doesn't take me any further than mm. the exam. Mm. And so... There needs to be another set around that to say, we don't want you to just pass an exam. Yes, academic 
um, qualification and um, excellence is something that we absolutely strive for. But actually the way in which we want to teach, the way in which we want you to learn is about taking that uh, piece of theory or that piece of knowledge and then creating some kind of application for it. And I think this is, again, coming back to our conversations around um, the internships and learnerships. That's where those um, structures become really helpful because they take people into the workplace. They give them the opportunity to then say, right, this thing that I've learned, how do I stick it into the workplace environment? Does it work? Where do I need to shave bits off? Where do I need to tweak it? And how do I then make that work? And if we have well-designed learnerships or people who are really entrenched in those mm, conversations, mm. then we've got a great opportunity. And again, in South Africa, we've, we've got some of these structures in place. There are lots of incentives for us to, to, to tap into that. But we have to stop seeing them as tick box exercises that we're just doing to get some points on our BE scorecards. They need to be real, meaningful opportunities for work, for our, our graduates to grow and see new opportunities and see how they can stretch their own thinking and fit into the workplace to build all of these underlying skills and to then build their technical skills on top of that. And thereby creating a culture of improvement and excellence. Because if we've created a culture where everybody's trying to improve and upskill and learn, uh, that would be incredible. We are unfortunately running out of time. Leave us uh, with a final thought around uh, education, upskilling, and uh, and the way forward. If there's only one thing that mm. we need to teach our children and teach our employees, it's curiosity. Love that. Um, love, 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 as long love. as we are curious, we will never stop learning. How do we create people who are curious about the next thing? Not just the thing that I see in front of me, but the, the, the piece of knowledge that I can just catch out of the corner of my eye. How do I go and pursue that? How do I find that? And how does that excite me um, for, for the next thing that I can learn? Curiosity. Absolutely. And curious children become curious adults. Mm -hmm. Elmarie Grant uh, from uh, head of the Synthesis Academy talking to me. Howard Feldman, this has been The Synthesis Podcast.